didn't care enough to end it So I did You almost slept through the breakup The sound of dorm dryers in the basement Kept your head up I said I'm done washing your sheets Turn my calls about my eighty dollars. Will I get it back? Will I see you? It's just a monetary exchange to me. If you mailed it, be the same to me. But I hope you put it in my hands. Suppose you don't owe me any more than the money But I traded in an instant for time I know I'm not what you wanted But was I for a while? Productive, but it's true. I'm not trying to be cool about it. I wasted all that energy on you. I suppose you don't owe me any more than the money, but I traded in an instant for all my time. everyone and welcome back to another week of this virtual life i'm ruby i'm mallory and we have a very special guest with us this week who song you just heard yeah. <laughs> okay this is where i speak hi <laughs> um i'm eliza yes and ruby and i actually discovered eliza on tiktok <laughs> and came to determine well we didn't really go into as much detail before but um Ruby should we tell Eliza the discovery we made shortly after 
Yeah, so Mallory and I were like, dang it, she looks so familiar. Something about her is so familiar, I know this name. And then we realized, oh, Eliza was assigned our intern on WRGW. Oh my <laughs> God. That's how we knew her name for our radio show last semester, One Burn <laughs> That's so funny. I literally remember, wow. That's hilarious. I feel like I saw that comment somewhere and I'm thinking, I hope this wasn't the show that like I committed to and then like oh my god that's hilarious no because I totally committed and then I had like a really full semester and I felt so bad because I had just like ignored a certain email and then it had been too long and I was like I can't even respond now that is so funny wow look at no, us I don't think we ever we got an email and it was like reach out to your intern and we looked you up and on Instagram and we're like we're freshmen. Our show is not cool enough for them. So we're like, if she wants it, she can reach out. But then it was only like a few weeks before Corona anyway. Yeah. Oh my God. Like, yeah. You dodged the bullet, honestly. Like, it was a different show than this one. Yeah, we had different vibes in the studio. Different energy. <laughs> <laughs> no, we were all meant to come back together. This Literally, is just how it happened. Yes. <laughs> it was just the cosmic alignment. Yeah, but what are the odds, honestly? Literally, what are the odds? Yeah, and my sister had shown me your TikToks because she's like, my sister sings and does theater and all that, and now she can't do it because of Corona, but she's like, I really like this song. And then I said, oh, wow, she actually goes to GW, and she's like, no way. <laughs> all this weird, it's the interworkings of life. and just got Oh, whole- yeah, exactly. The universe is always pulling weird strings behind our backs. <laughs> exactly. But anyway, could you give a, um, let's give a little back, can you give a little background about yourself for our listeners and just say what you're doing and where you are and what's going through your mind? Yeah, man, many things. Um, yeah, I am a junior at GW. I'm studying creative writing and gender studies. Um, and I, for the last like few months since like May, have been on this sort of meandering cross-country journey I've been like doing organic farm work and camping and I did not plan to land in LA, but that's just sort of what happened. I was like, during quarantine, I started posting on TikTok and I started posting just like little songs and stuff that I had written and they started doing really well. Like people started following me because they liked my music and I've always written music, but I'd never thought of it as like something that other people would want to hear. And so like to get that response was really cool. And then I, you know, I like writing music and I like posting stuff. So I just kept doing that. And then I don't know, like COVID just sort of like put everything out of whack. And I was like, I'm going to be online for the spring semester. Like I might as well just like do it in a place that I like. And once I got to LA, I was originally planning on visiting. Then I was like, you know what? Like, I love it here. Like I'll just stay for a little bit. Um, so that's where I'm at now. I've just like literally yesterday moved into my apartment here. So I'm still getting everything together, but it's very exciting. Um, yeah. And then I'm, I registered for classes and I'm ready for that. Just lots of things going on in my brain right now. I think I like just need to needed to feel like settled and in place. And now that that's done, my brain is like going to start bringing up new fun stuff for me, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of an interesting like, well, side effect of COVID was you found this whole new part of yourself and 
ended up in a completely new place and it's really interesting. Totally. And I think everybody, like a lot of people at GW, especially have like five, 10 year plans. And they're like, I'm going to do this. And then I'm going to do this. I mean, whatever. And like, all these things are going to happen. And like, that's how I'm going to maintain this like feeling of control in my life is I'm just going to like plan it and then execute all the steps. And it's going to be fine. Yeah, and then, then they're going to be president. And they'll be president. Right. Yeah. And then they'll be president or like <laughs> working for the CIA or something. Um, yeah. But like COVID was just this like reminder, like a jolt to everybody that's like, the future doesn't exist. Like you can plan as much as you want, but like shit could hit the fan. Like your best bet is to like do what makes you happy, like and what makes sense to you in the moment, and just let things sort of unfold from there. And like I've been really embracing that these past few months, and like trying to let go of my like naturally like, control freak nature. And it's been like the most amazing like time of my entire life. Like I regret all the time I didn't spend just like waking up and and living that day, and then just seeing what comes next and like not trying to like squeeze my future into this like little little box yeah like not living in the future not living in the past just living in the moment exactly yeah and now you've probably honestly like shaped your future to be something even cooler that you could have never even thought that it would be like if you were still at GW or at waiting at home doing online classes right now like you would not be doing all the cool things that you are right now. Yeah, exactly. Just like being able to embrace, like, I don't really know what the fuck is happening. I don't know what, where I'm going to be after this month, but you know, just allowing the universe to take me where she will. <laughs> um, it's not always been like super easy, but I'm learning to roll with it more, I think. Yeah. Definitely. So when you were going, you, you drove and traveled alone across the country yeah well okay that's like a little bit misleading for me to say um because like I so I had planned to I worked at a farm initially in North Carolina for like a month and a half and I was like wow I love this like this is what I feel like I should be doing and so then I decided to go to Kansas and work on a farm there um and so those were both like I mean technically I was alone but I was also just like working um like under other people and like under families that like own the farms and then I was like okay I've never been out west like I would love to go camping so I planned this camping trip through like Colorado and Utah by myself but actually on like the second day of my trip I met this guy who was traveling and I was starting to get a little sussed out by like traveling alone just because like you know you're a woman in the wilderness and you know whatever And he was like super dope and wanted to go through Colorado and also Utah. And like my whole family thought I was going to get murdered, but I didn't. (laughs) I, I, so I lived with a stranger for like two and a half, three weeks. And we traveled together through Colorado and Utah. His name is Montana. He's dope. Um, And then we just like went our separate ways. Um, So I, I mean, I technically was like traveling alone in that I didn't plan to like meet somebody and travel with them but that's just like what how the cookie crumbled (laughs) um and like he was literally a complete stranger like I'm like traveling with a 27 year old man and he was like um and I was like it's fine it's fine he's super chill I promise and like he was (laughs) and I'm not trying to encourage anybody to just like you know be like meet a stranger on the road and whatever but like I don't know it worked out just fine for me life hack right there 
Yeah, right. <laughs> Life hack is having a stupid amount of confidence in strangers. <laughs> but it works it, out. It works if you out. act like that, then they're like, I can't take advantage of her, right? I like, know, yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. If you just like put on the face of like, no, actually, like I'm here to do it all by myself. But if you want to tag along, like that's fine. Like we can <laughs> just go on. Yeah. You're like I could do it by myself. I'm confident. I'm competent. But you're here, so why not? Exactly. No, and that's how you attract people that aren't going to take advantage of you or have ulterior motives with you. Because most of the times those people come into your life because they see that you are in a position where you like if you're infatuated with somebody to a point where it's hurting you, it's because you think that they have something that you don't and that you need. But if you get to a place in yourself where you're like, I'm able to access anything I want to myself, like I can give myself love and security and peace and stability, then those types of people don't really, like you don't attract those types of people as much because they don't like sense out your weakness. That sounds so like parasitic, but like, it's true. Then you like sort of only like, fuck with people who respect your autonomy because they're not going to try to control you because they know that's not going to work. <laughs> no, there's definitely a lot of truth in that. And like, it, you just got to roll with it. I don't know. I'm yeah, and I don't blame anybody but... who like gets in that situation. Like, obviously, yeah. like none of us are like stone pillars who like don't need anything. Um, but and like there are people out there who like can manipulate even the like strongest of us out here but uh be secure and stable in yourself like you are like if you have that then you're more able to suss out um like the motivations of other people when it comes to like i don't know getting into good relationships or friendships etc yeah and you can really trust yourself too to have a good judgment call and assess their character like and when you exactly can rely on like your inner voice it really shows it works yeah and to just ultimately know that like you will be fine without them like they can be the most wonderful amazing perfect human being and like you can share a beautiful connection and at the same time you can know like I can fill myself up as well like I don't necessarily like need this in order to like continue living my life and I think that's what like fosters healthy relationships is both people having a very strong, stable, like inner life. And then just sort of like joining with the other person to like share some like moments, but not necessarily like being super attached to the other person. Yeah. And I feel like that kind of relates to, if we wanna talk a little bit about debt, like your whole thing is talking about, you know, realizing for yourself and becoming that like independent strong force that realizes that you don't need the dependency. So do we want to kind of get into some of the the meanings behind anything or anything you want to share? Sure. Um, yeah, debt, like, that song is just about a relationship where, like, you basically realize while you're in it that the other person doesn't care about you as much as you have cared about them. And it's not like a dramatic, like this person comes and breaks up with you and they're like, I don't, you know, you just like realize it. And as soon as that thought like creeps in, you just start seeing it everywhere and it really hurts and it's really painful. And then you just get to a point or this, what happened to me is I got to a point where I was like, I can't do this anymore. Like this person is shit. Like as much as they can tell me, like, I care about you. I want to be in a relationship with you, et cetera. They're not showing that like, I can't continue to be in this relationship 
and I know that they're not going to break up with me because they're just not like strong enough to do it. And then the relationship ends and you're like, I feel like I am owed something. Like I put in so much time and energy and effort to be like bamboozled in this way by this person who like was putting on this facade of caring about me, but like clearly didn't like, you know, and it manifested like materially, like he did owe me $80 after a relationship ended. It's true. I did get it back eventually. (laughs) But I also was like, I like, I want something more. Like, I feel like you should be upset about this. Like, I want you to be upset or like, I want like my time back or like my energy back or like whatever. But then like, I had this realization. I, after I dropped off his weighted blanket and I went to the title basin was just like chain smoking and being like, like sad and like, you know, throwing myself a little pity party. Like it just, the realization came to me of like, no, like he doesn't owe you anything. Like people actually don't owe you like, like he did not owe me the, the love that I gave back to him. Like that, like, it really sucks that like that happened and that like, I was in a situation where I was just putting in more effort than I was getting, but that's just like how it is sometimes. And like, we just were not meant to be together in that moment. And I just had to figure it out. And it's like, I, to, if I were to continue feeling as if he owed me something and, 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 putting so much energy into that feeling, I would just continue to suffer. So I, you know, was just lamenting this whole time. Like the sort of refrain is like, I know I'm not what you wanted, but was I for a while? Like all I wanted in that moment was just like, did I ever mean anything to you? Like, was this ever anything? Or is I just like deluded the whole time? And then like, I was so focused on like my importance in his life that I didn't even like register like his importance in my life. And then at the end, it's sort of that realization of like, wait, this person wasn't good for me. Like this was just not a relationship that I needed to be in. Like, and the last line is, I know you're not what I need, but I thought you were for a while, which is just sort of like the acceptance of like, yeah, this fucking hurts. But ultimately like, this is just not what I needed. And I don't need to spend the energy like lamenting what could have been or what I think I should be owed. Cause it's just not, that's not what's, what's happening. And like, I'm not actually owed anything but it can still suck. (laughs) Yeah. And it's like that with friendships too. Like when you have a really close friendship and then it just, you like break up with a friend or it fizzles out. So totally. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like the thing with that song and just like your songs in general too, is like, you have like such a deep level of like self-recognition and then you can like capture it and put it in there, but it's such a specific experience, which kind of Ruby and I are like, like being in DC, we're like, okay, like we can like kind of see this experience literally happening, but with all the songs, you can kind of like apply them to, they're so universal. And that's why I think like you resonate with so many people on TikTok, but also like, it's so weird. There's this one, your song, I think, is it like called 2007? It's the 2000, (laughs) but it's just like one of the TikTok songs. And my sister was literally born in 2007. And I heard that and I was like, there's some like what is happening right now happening yeah (laughs) so specific so specific so specific so general at the same time and it just makes it so important oh that's like the highest praise that's so great thank you (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's really exciting this could be a transition into playing the friend song but um I actually don't have my guitar with me right now do you got you guys have the recording though that I yeah. sent you right? yeah okay cool. the recording one second 
Yeah, so yeah. we um, asked Eliza permission. Eliza was doing... Somewhere oh. up there. <laughs> Eliza was offered on TikTok to do commissions, so we commissioned a song, and this is what she recorded for us. And so we're going to play it. Eliza, does this have a, a, a title or anything, or is it just... Um, I kind of just like to give people songs and then let them title it. Cause I think that's like sort of fun. So if you guys want to come up with a title, then that can just like be the title of your song. All right. To be announced. <laughs> Here we go. Somewhere up there on the cosmic timeline, I found my way to you. And it's been Postcards and star signs picking you up from your house when it's dark outside just to drive around in the still night and hang out with you. Trying things we'll regret in a few years, still trying to make it to New Year's where we'll get messy drunk in your bathroom and laugh about all of the things that used to make us sad. See me through a lot of bad boyfriends You cut my bangs and trim all my split And something about seeing all that ugly Makes me love you a lot more Again, it's so specific, but so general, especially when you say cutting your bangs, because Mallory is so close to shaving her head. Like, she just needs a final push to get a buzz cut. And so... I um, did it when I was 13, which is, like, the suicide age to, like, shave your head. Like, I'm in middle school, and I just shaved my head. Like, um, But also, like, it was... I think you should do it. That's my long way of saying, I think you should do it. Okay. Come January, just trying to make it to New Year's so I can watch my other yeah. yeah. head. Apartment. Hell yeah. <laughs> <A new> apartment. <laughs> no, my sister's 13. So like, maybe, maybe it's her time. Maybe yeah, her time. you know what? Write a passage for sure. <laughs> so this is the final push. We're all going to do it now. This is the last sign. <laughs> Really and the, the bangs part, Ruby had a mental breakdown and did cut bangs. <laughs> oh my god. I did in May. Oh no, it was over the summer. I was working, I was interning at a bank, which stole my soul and made me realize I could never go into corporate finance. I don't even know why I was there why I was there. But I was like, I need to do something rebellious to show I still have feeling and a soul. I've not become just another Excel spreadsheet typer. Yeah. <laughs> so I like watched a YouTube video and then it's like um, oh but they go out now. They're still kind of there, but no, I cut bangs. Um, actually, like semester, like fall semester, and they're still growing out here. And I like literally only wore them for like, like actually, I think it was like two or three days, and then I was like, I hate these, and I like pinned them back until they grew out. But <laughs> yeah. now I have like the curtain bangs that are trendy now, so it like worked out for me. You know, I have toppy curtain bangs, but <laughs> it was. I needed to do it. I don't regret it. Like, yeah, my layers are messed up and I haven't had a haircut in forever because of coronavirus, but. It's I a sign of strength, the grown out bangs. You're like, oh, she's been, she's been places. <laughs> Listening to Harry Styles, sign of the times in my bathrooms. I'm like, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> yeah, I included the haircutting line because I feel like an enduring quality of so many of my female friendships is like cutting and dyeing each other's hair or like being there while the other person like cuts and dyes their hair. No, 100%. Like, 
Mallory, yeah, Mallory just put some purple in her hair, and the whole time she's like, the lady's not doing it right. She's sending me Snapchats. She's like documenting the whole experience for me, and I'm like <laughs> five thousand miles away, but basically there with her. Yeah, I told my mom that I wanted to like bleach all my hair, and she's like, um, no, you're not gonna, because my hair grows super slowly. So she said that I had to get it like professionally done from her professional lady. So I went in and we had conflicting visions because this lady's like 45 years old. She gives me highlights instead of like dyeing my hair. And I'm there for like seven hours. My God. <laughs> and it, it was a process. And so now you can see how, how vibrant and purple my hair is. Oh my God. Wait, it's already been done. Yeah, and I went back. She's like, she's like, I can see it a little bit in the light. She's like, but you can come back next week for free and I can add some more. So I went back last week. She's like, you can see it this time, right? And I'm like, mm-hmm. Yep, I love Honestly, it. Yeah, I bet it would look good in the light. At least it doesn't look bad. Like if anything, yeah. it just like doesn't show up, but like it's better than it looking like bad. <laughs> it sparkles in the sunlight a little bit. And so it's very yeah, fun. That's like Edward Cullen. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, but I think that's totally true about cutting bangs and cosmic timetables or turntables. Yeah, <laughs> really love it. Is there any cosmic turntables? Yes, we were gonna. We were on your affirmation live. Oh my god! <laughs> I promise we're not stalkers. We just spent too much to my phone. Um, yeah, affirmation, honestly, I've been slipping with my affirmations a little bit, um, if I'm being honest, but I did, um, like the idea of affirmations came to me through, like, I don't know, I've, I've been more interested in spirituality, like these past few years, and like, I don't know how much I subscribe to like the manifesting thing, um, but I do think that like, you know, I know that periods of my life that I've talked to myself really poorly have, I guess, manifested in just like a poor self-image in general. And like, a f like hopelessness is contagious. Like if you keep repeating like hopeless narratives then like you will just feel that way. And then you'll be less inclined to like maybe take risks or to do things that you might actually like. So um, I just decided to start doing affirmations, but I decided to write my own because it just didn't, nothing that I saw online really resonated with me. Like I was like, I'm, I cannot look myself seriously in the mirror and be like, you are a beautiful star being. Like I just wouldn't take myself seriously. So I wrote a list of affirmations for me. And one of them is actually related to what we were talking about earlier. Um, because like, I have a problem with like really falling in love with like the idea of people like when I first meet somebody I'm like oh my god like this person like da 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 and I like make up this whole other personality for them in my mind but really what I'm doing is that I feel like they have something that I don't or that I can't access um so and that's like why I'm so fixated on it because I feel like I, I want that I want whatever I feel like they're going to bring to me but one of my affirmations is oh god if I can remember it um I have everything I will ever need within me. There is no one who can bring me what I am not already able to access. And so like I, when I moved, literally when I first moved to LA, I met this guy and I was like, oh, like, I am in love with you. Like, I cannot, like, I, like this needs to just happen. Like I, we, you know, we live in the same city. We both just moved, like we need to, whatever. 
And then I was like, okay, I need to slow my fucking roll. And I would literally, whenever I started like thinking about him, I would just repeat that over and over in my head. And in like a week or two, I had forgotten about him, first of all. And then I (laughs) looked back and I was like, oh, like, oh, he's super sweet. Like love to be friends with him. But like, holy shit, I did not need to like fabricate like six months of our relationship that like was non-existent. it's like instead of the like five-year ten-year career plan you got the six-month relationship plan exactly no you're so right it does totally circle back yeah I love that but it's true like you gotta your brain will respond to things you repeat and you can really change how you think by telling yourself the truth totally yeah and just like reminding yourself that like you like you are inherently and intrinsically a loving person that is able to like give and receive love. Like that is what like human beings are meant to do. Um, like that is just, cause I don't know, sometimes like, I feel like we can go down these wormholes of like, Oh, I'm like, I don't care about other people. Or, I'm a bad person or like whatever. But if you have this like just constant mantra in your head of like, I am a loving being, I extend love to other people and I can receive that love back then it just like encourages you to be kind in like your everyday life because it doesn't feel like aspirational because it already exists. Like it's here. It's not like, Oh, I wish I was a better person. It's like, no, I am a good person. Like when I act in these ways, I'm actually just being true to like my, you know, my real self. No, I definitely think you're right. And um, yeah, when you just love the everyday things and show your love through friendship or like show it to your friends and your family members and strangers and acquaintances and not just keeping it romantic then you get a lot in return yeah like my platonic friendships have like to date filled me up way more than any romantic relationship has like I think you know especially for women it's like we have less than a minute should we start a new you're right we should okay <laughs> like before I launch into this like long tangent yes all right all right so now we're back after our brief intermission and Eliza did you want to finish what you were thinking of what were we, um, we remember yeah let me see if I can return um oh I think just like especially for women something that we've been taught culturally is that a lot of our value lies in like finding a romantic partner and like that validation in that and like that's supposed to bring us like a sense of security so I think like those sorts of affirmations are important like for women and you know female aligned people especially to just sort of like combat that programming yeah just kind of just unthink what's been perpetuated societally and by just media books everything and so yeah there's so much unlearning to do like I think that's like what also this year has been for a lot of us um but yeah that's just like one small way that I feel like is pretty accessible yeah and just it gives you some of your power back too like like, oh I can change how I'm thinking and then approach my life differently and then maybe other people can and then maybe I can share that and it's really exciting exactly it's the gift that just keeps on giving yeah and that's something that I think with quarantine which I know it's like such a privileged thing to be able to say but honestly like I have quarantine has given me so much time and like yes it's been like kind of terrible and stressful and whatever but like I I'm glad that I I was a completely different person last year 
at this time. And I think that if I was in school or anywhere else, like I would not be as secure with myself as I am now or as aware of like the things that I've realized during this time. So yeah, I think so many people are experiencing that with COVID and just like, I mean, this is the time in our lives where like we have always you know, it's like you're merging from childhood to adulthood. And so all you do is look around at what everybody else is doing and try to like figure out your place in it. And now that we don't have like those communities right now and people have had to be introspective, like during this time between childhood and adulthood, I feel like a lot of people have found like a more stable inner peace with themselves of like, okay, I'm spending a lot of time by myself and I'm like changing in a lot of different ways but I get to sort of just experience that like with me and I don't need to like, you know, cast myself in like the larger roster of all of my peers to do it. Yeah. yeah. It's like, you can't find the coolest person that you see and then like model their behavior or something. Yes. Just, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, my social skills are terrible right now, but at least I'm kind of like good with myself and have like expanded what I'm interested in and read more and just, not had those interruptions from other people even though I really love being with people I'm so I need other people but yeah yeah and it's interesting because I feel like um with your journey Eliza like your literal journey like across the country like I feel like that's something that you're like okay like I mean some like grapes of wrath vibes like these people are like it's like a big moment in your life you're you're literally sitting alone in your car you know but it's interesting that it can happen like Ruby's like sitting in her bank, you know, <laughs> or like I'm literally just like in my parents' house sitting here and, you know, there's nobody else around, but still you can, we have all like reached this, you know, same kind of consensus, which is really interesting to see. Yeah. Yeah. And it'll be interesting when things can, or if they start going back to what was normal and how we'll carry that through. And like, cause yeah, it is very privileged. Like I'm really lucky that I've like, you can't just ignore that. Like, I have a really good house, family. I live in a nice place. And so I lost my train of thought. But I was just, you know, carry on these more introspective feelings and thoughts and just not let it all go to waste once things start resuming or, you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I was going to say, we were talking, we were thinking during our break of the other topics that we had nannying is something but <laughs> both it, so are you still currently doing that yeah I am still currently nannying it is so exhausting in ways that I did not predict it's just like I don't know we don't like value domestic labor as a society like there's a whole class of people who raise children who are raising the future workforce essentially and they don't get compensated for that in any way and that like sacrifice a lot of their like personal autonomy in order to like further these like new beings and I know I'm not like a mother or anything it's not like that dramatic but like I am I, with your mother figure yeah I mean I am because the like the kid I'm nannying for now like his mom is um a fuel producer so she's like on a shoot and the dad works like seven days a week so like I'm there like 9 30 to 7 30 most days and it's a lot yeah it takes a lot out of I mean it's rewarding for sure but it just like gives me a new appreciation for like all of the mostly women who do this shit and don't ever like get real recognition for like how much of a fucking job it is yeah 
I think. And how old is he? He's three. Okay. So um, Ruby knows because I complained extensively. <laughs> but I nannied. That was like my quarantine thing, my summer thing. For, and it was like the same thing. Like I would get there at 8 a.m., leave at like 6 p.m. And it was a seven-year-old boy and a two-year-old boy. <laughs> and I don't know, like, it was, it was a lot. <laughs> and, like, so draining. Like, I would come home and literally, like, I just need to go to bed, eat, like, that's it. <laughs> it was, like, even if I was just, like, you know, sitting around in their house or, like, playing with them outside for a little bit, like, still more draining than any job I'd ever had. So. No, that's exactly how I feel, too. And it's also like when you are a nanny, like the parents give you the instructions that like of like their dream parenting style, you know, like if the mom is tired, like she's going to pop her kids in front of the TV for like an hour or two, like, you know, you're allowed to do that as a parent. But when you're hired as a caregiver, you feel this also like this pressure to just be like super engaging and like fun and like whatever, like you like if you have a day where like you're feeling tired and you don't want to be a parent like you can't like that's your job and like you also don't get like I mean in any like sanctioned workplace you're supposed to get like 15 minute breaks every four hours and like a 30 minute lunch break and like you don't get that when you're you just like freaking do it for like 10 hours it's crazy yeah and when it's like days on days on days that was the thing that like every night I'd come home and I'd be like how do I make this fun tomorrow? Because yes. like, no matter how much, and the kids would always tell me and their mom would say, oh, if you have any like craft ideas, I can go get stuff. And like, she was so nice with that. But I'm like, I, it's been like months. I don't know how to like spice things up. <laughs> yes, exactly. It just feels so like monotonous and like, okay, this sounds so um, dark, but literally on like my fifth or sixth day of the job, I Googled housewife suicide rate. Because I was like, like, I'm not feeling suicidal, but I'm like, if this was my life, if I never got a years and years. every single day, because you're right, it just gets like monotonous, you know, and they're kids. And so like, and you have to be so responsive to them too. Like, especially with the younger kids, they really can like do by themselves. Like they need you there to just like guide yeah. them and everything and like play with them. And like playing with a child is, is so exhausting. <laughs> Because it's, like, not interesting. Like, fundamentally, it's just not interesting. Like, I'm not invested in this, like, storyline you have with your toys. Like, I'm sorry. Like, I have had, like, half a cup of coffee. I'm not, this is not it for me. But you have to, like, perform, you know? Yeah. Well, I think for you, it's it's good if you have storylines. Because for <laughs> my, my two-year-old, the game was rolling the train for, like, four hours. And if I tried to go help his brother with homework screaming if I tried to leave the brother uh to go play with the two-year-old for a little bit screaming oh my like, god all day. <laughs> rolling the train back and forth his mm-hmm. one yeah, brain still so bouncing <laughs> I don't know if you also have experienced this too but like when you become like that sort of domestic helper they also want you to like pick up the slack that like they don't do around the house like the mom like before she left she's like oh yeah just like clean the bathrooms twice a week so like my husband won't do it and like sweep the floors like do the dishes and I'm like okay but like also you're rich enough to hire a housekeeper <laughs> like I'm not like you live in a million dollar house I'm not getting paid enough for this yeah. also like can you tell your husband to like be an adult and clean the bathrooms like I <laughs> 
please help me out we have a little send the signals to him I don't know I think I had the opposite thing because the mom was actually working from home but which I honestly found worse for my experiences yes and so she has a little glass office in the corner so she can literally like kind of see us and hear the screaming yeah and but she didn't want to be bothered but also like if the kids scream she comes out you know so I just was constantly like let's go have picnics let's go I did not want to be in the house with her I know yeah because you feel like surveilled yeah the dad works from home here and like also just like the house is just like I I need to be like outside doing stuff with them that is the way that I like get through it also because just like time in the car is like the only time I have to myself to just be like So I'm always, like, taking him to, like, these beaches that are, like, an hour away from the house. <laughs> I mean, he's getting a good experience. Yeah, um, he's going on adventures. He's having the time of his life. Right. It's also yeah. so interesting to me because, like, I – so I'm, like, a writer first and a musician second. Like, I write a lot of, like, short stories and stuff. And, like, in music, I focus more on, like, the lyrics and anything else. And I wrote, like, one of my, like, short stories I'm the proudest of, like, came from my – um, experience in like a corporate fine dining like restaurant um, and just like the summer that I spent there and like feeling so like commodified and drained and whatever so to be like in a house literally a fly on the wall to the family dynamics and like seeing the way that these people like live and interact with each other and like treat their child and like treat their house like it's so good for my brain too because I'm like <laughs> I'm going to like like I write every day after I work because I just like want to remember it and like use it for like future character stuff so like I'm like creepy and weird like that where I just like like to see the inside of people's lives it's sort of fascinating to like have that bird's eye view into like their family mm-hmm. dynamics you're on a field study right now I, that's I literally you're not just trying to make a living this is more than oh that. no I'm gonna this needs to yeah what is pain if you don't put it into art and make it modifiable <laughs> exactly right along from like a mom's point of view <laughs> Dude, literally, if I have to wipe this kid's ass one more time, I'm going to lose it. Is he still in diapers? Yeah, that's another gripe I have with them. He's three and he has to be spoon fed and he's still in diapers. He's spoon fed. I was like, he's so big. I'm like, he can, he wants to sit on the toilet, but you haven't introduced it as a concept. I know. And no, the mom asked me to potty train him while, while she was gone. And I'm like, ma'am I literally I was like respectfully that's not in my job description oh, that's what she told me the first day she's like well like if you want to potty train him I'm like I mean I don't really have experience with this but like she's like you have a little sister right I was like yeah like she was potty trained when I was six years old but like right. I, I don't remember you potty trained your own sister at six years old You're like yeah yeah, it's just like, I don't know. I think I had this conversation with my housemate also because she was trying to figure out like, because I'm so like depressed and like drained when I come back from work. Like, I'm just like, ugh, and, like having those same thoughts of like, how do I make this fun? And I think I just like need to stop trying to be a disciplinarian. Like, I just like, my responsibility is to keep the kid like safe and like happy and like whatever. I don't need to be like, because I'm trying to get him to like eat on his own because I'm just like, you need to feed yourself. Like you're three like pick up the spoon like it's, it can't be that hard um but I'm like you know what I need to be more like a camp counselor you know like I just need to be like fun and whatever and like I'm not gonna try to reparent this child because I can't do it in this amount of time either mm-hmm. yeah I think more fun for you too if you're thinking okay this is just summer camp right exactly because <laughs> I mean yeah that's the difference that I like you know, I had experience with being camp counselor for like every other summer. And then like occasionally those kids would ask me to babysit. 
Um, but it was never like this consistent every day with one kid and no planned activities and no other people helping. Yeah. So like the, you think it's going to be similar, but it's not because it's all day. Yeah. You have to do like all of the planning and like half the time kids just like, don't want to like, you're like, Oh, let's go to the garden. And they're like, no, and you're like, please, I need to leave the house. <laughs> that was what, like for me, honestly, the seven-year-old kind of, I mean, made me come to my own realizations is that like, I was so like physically like shaking and stressed the whole time. So I was like, the mom is like over there judging me. This kid needs to get his homework done. Like I need to entertain them. I need to make sure this kid doesn't get a diaper rash, whatever. But like the seven-year-old would just like grab me and he'd be like, stop being stressed out. And I'm like, okay, I'll try. (laughs) Oh my God. That's so funny. (laughs) I mean, yeah, it's so strange too. It's just like to think about the experience of like those children. Like, like when I'm not there, the other nanny is there, and it's like you spend the entire day like not with your parents. Like your parents are just somewhere else. Like the parents are like fundamentally not raising the children, and it's like that is also. So I feel like I need to like have a lot of tenderness and like love towards him because like he's not, not that he's not getting it from his parents, but like he spends most of his time with me. So like, Mm -hmm. I need to be like fulfilling that as well. Yeah. Yeah. And they're not with other kids either. So yeah, that's what's making it really hard now is that like they can't be. Mm -hmm. But I feel bad for the parents because I'm like, like, I see you're working all day and I hear you on the phone, like having your terrible meetings and then you come out and like now you have to like do my job and you're not getting paid for it and you've been working so like when you were talking about like I'm like I know like I don't want to be cleaning and cooking and doing this and already be drained from a day of work like it's just made me realize like children like let's wait until I'm like 30. I know I was it's so funny because I was having like massive baby fever when I first got here for some reason and then as soon as I started working I was like oh (laughs) not anymore I don't want this. I know. Hopefully it's like better when they're your own children and you feel more motivated. <laughs> but who knows? Yeah. But if I'm not motivated by a check, like shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm content with being the cool aunt, you know? Yeah. Oh, too. <laughs> but you have young siblings at home, right? Yeah, I have a younger sister. She will turn five in February. So that's like, is it kind of similar? I mean, yeah. The thing is, like, honestly, I have not spent that much time with her, like, throughout her life. Because, like, I was, like, in school, and then I went to college, and then, like, I was home for quarantine. But, like, to be honest, like, I was very depressed that whole time that I was home. And, like, I wasn't spending time with, like, my family generally. Yeah. Um, But it, like, he does, like, remind me a lot of her just because, like, they're around, like, the same age. And, like, of course, there's, like, guilt for me being like I've literally spent more time with this child that like I don't know than like with my sister like her probably her whole life but it's also like I don't know we're just gonna have like a different relationship and like when I think about the value of the time that I spent with her like I don't want to spend time with her if I'm just like like I don't want to force myself to live with my parents again just so I can spend time with her when like that wouldn't even work because I'm just like depressed when I'm at my parents house and like I have plenty of like older like mentors and role models who I don't actually spend that much time with but whose relationship to me is like so deeply valuable so I'm like trying to foster that with her and like make my time like meaningful yeah and I think once she's old enough that she's kind of like more conscious like and especially with 
you know, technology and everything. Like my sister and I, honestly, like I found we were so much closer when I was in college and like we could like text and FaceTime each other when she was in like sixth grade. Uh-huh. Then like if I'm like sitting next to her in her room while she's doing virtual school, you know. Right. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, there's different types of like valuable time. It doesn't all have to be like in person, hanging out, seeing each other all the time. Like I think distance like can, like I think a lot of people find this with their parents, like their relationship with their parents improves when they go to college. Cause it's like, you don't like a lot of things that I feel like sort of disconnect like parents and children are just like those like logistical like conversations and issues of like, when are you gonna get this done? And when are you gonna turn this in? And I need you to be here at this time, whatever. But when you are like accountable for yourself and separate from them, like the thing that you have to talk about is like, how is your life going? Like, how are you doing? It's not necessarily like all of the other things that I think can put stress on like a parent-child relationship. Yeah, it's really complicated. (laughs) And like with um, quarantine, like Ruby and I found our closest college friends in January. And then we got sent home like less than two months later. And so now we've spent like three times the amount of time that we knew them like apart, but still like somehow they're like our closest friends. So it's like, yeah, that's so great that you guys have kept in touch. That's awesome. It's kind of amazing actually though. Yeah. (laughs) Like I was so worried we'd come home and everything would just fall apart, but. Yeah. And it's hard because what you guys left, like, are you sophomores right now? Like, wow, you didn't even have like a full year at GW. (laughs) Wow. That's really crazy. Yeah. I mean, I met my literal soulmate at GW, like the person that like gets me on like this crazy level, like honestly, just so cosmically like there. Um, I met at GW and like, we haven't seen each other in a really long time, but like that connection is still so like strong and vibrant. It makes it, yeah, it makes me like feel happy and hopeful for like other people's meaningful connections during this time too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just- Do you think, this is a random question. <laughs> kind of like, Do you write songs like for like your friends and people like that? Do they ask you to, or you write songs based on them or they ask you to write songs? Honestly, no, because like I only started really like writing again, like during quarantine, like I was on like a two year like writer's block. Like I just like didn't write any songs, which is weird because I'd always been writing songs like literally since I was six. Like that's when I first started. Um, but sometimes I like do write songs for like friends or people. I mean, mostly I write songs about men, which is like disgusting. And I like don't send them to them. Like I have like debt. I'm pretty, sh- I'm pretty sure because my ex-boyfriend still follows me on Instagram. I'm pretty sure he's seen it and like probably heard it. And like, I have no desire to like reach out to him and like show him. Like, that's so not what it's about. But I also have like a song that's coming on my EP. That's about like my high school boyfriend who I still like very much have a lot of love for. And like, we keep in touch, which I'm like thinking of sending to him. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Some, like I wrote a song for Kate a while ago and I like sent it to her, which is like, it's just a nice thing that like she can have now. But yeah, people don't like, people I know don't really ask me to like write songs for them. Cause they know I charge. <laughs> <laughs> you set those boundaries early. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Don't ever let anybody like, I don't know, even if it's your friend, like they should still pay you for like your time and your art, in my opinion, unless like you are just like, out of your own volition like giving them a gift yeah charge eighty dollars to your ex for that song oh my god I know I thought <laughs> like sending him a Venmo request <laughs> but he's already fulfilled it what's actually funny a funny story about the that money is that 
So we were in the same class. Um, and he, like, I was texting, I was just like texting him being like, give me my money back, like return it to me. And so he was like, okay, I'm just gonna like bring it to class. So he gave it to me um, in our class. And then it was my last class of the day on Tuesdays. And um, something, oh, what? I forget what the shop is called, but some like piercing shop in DuPont has like $20 piercings on Tuesdays. So I immediately took the money and went and got my nipples pierced. <laughs> With $80. And that was the way, like I went by myself and that is the way that I coped with that situation. <laughs> is that Fatty's tattoo and piercing? I think so. I think so. That's hilarious. No, that's good. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's I got my nose and we had, I don't, do you know who Emergency is? Yes. Or- Rumi. We had him on the show and I told him, he's like, yeah, I might go to Claire's to get my ears pierced. And I'm like, do not like go, go like Claire's. explode your thing. Go to Fatty's. They're so nice. Yeah. And so he went to Fatty's last week. So like Fatty's oh. is just. Amazing. Yes. But <laughs> yes. That's a worthy investment. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. No regrets, honestly. <laughs> yeah, a good you. use of that $80. Yeah, for sure. It's like I got my nose pierced when the election happened. You gotta just. <laughs> oh yeah, this is how we. This is how we cope. Mhm. But we are nearing the fifty-five minute mark, so we said that we wanted to close this out on the other song um, that you've put out so far, "Ghosts." So, do you want to give a little bit of background about that song? Um. Yeah. I. I mean. Ghost is more of just sort of like an ambient song to me. It's not as deeply meaningful as Debt was. Like I wrote it all in one sitting just with my electric guitar when I had like just figured out how to use it. And I was just like having a lot of feelings about like, like being back in my hometown and like thoughts about like my ex-boyfriend and just like how, how many things reminded me of him and like how like weird time passage shit like it's a lot of things I honestly can't articulate which like I guess is why I wrote it in a song because like the lyrics are just like there um but I think it's like I think it's pretty <laughs> like yeah. and it just seemed like a good like format to get my thoughts out about um but yeah it's like the way that people like linger in your waking life and your memory and like how you can sort of like when you go back to old memories, it's kind of the closest thing we have to time travel. Um, and like maybe wanting to reach out to somebody, but knowing that that's not what would be best or like really what you need, but like you're seeing them everywhere and it seems weird to not do it. Um, yeah, lots of things happening there. <laughs> that's that's ghosts. <laughs> All right, so here's Ghosts by Eliza. Find me 
Well, thank you for joining us today on this virtual life. Thank you for sharing your time and your energy with us, Eliza. Thank you so much for having me. This has been so lovely. I'm so honored and I feel like very connected to GW again. <laughs> I do too. And it's kind of nice. I feel like I'm back in college. Oh, <laughs> me too. Yeah. So this has been This Virtual Life. I'm Ruby. I'm Mallory. And thank you to our guest, Eliza McClam.